Amy Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Kane. 11.06 a.m. every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are America. One voice, united If our religious beliefs in the United States of America offend anybody who is a non-believer, I have some advice for them. Leave! Herman Cain, Solutions for a Better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Today we are broadcasting live from the Aflac Council Center, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, that we do every year. It's part of our carathon with our host station, WSB out of Atlanta. But the hospital helps kids with cancer from all over the country. So your contributions matter and your contributions are welcomed and your contributions are graciously requested. You can make them at 888-750-2772, 888-750-2772. They have a 90% success rate, and you never know when it might strike a child in your family. It could be your child or your grandchild. But right now we have, in order to keep you informed and inspired, Mr. Jamie Dupree out of Washington, D.C. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hey Hello. there, Herman. How are you, sir? Excellent. How about yourself, buddy? Great. I understand that you're offering an incentive for the Carathon this year. Yeah, we, uh, we, we've been doing a, a lunch with listeners who donate, I think it's $1,000. Yes, for uh, a pair of tickets. For a pair of tickets. Right. And we're going to have it. Uh, on March the 1st of next year, because that's when the big SEC primary day is, the Super Tuesday day. That'll get an awful lot of different names. And so I'll be down in Atlanta probably by that time, and so we'll have a big lunch out there. should be a lot of fun if listeners would like to do it each year. It's always a good time. By the way, I didn't hear all of the states that are going to participate in Super Tuesday. Let's what's see. The fi- who, what's the final list of the ones that are going to be on Super yeah, Tuesday? Yeah, let me uh, let me get that for you because uh, I, I even want to have the uh, the correct ones. Yeah. Uh, as of this time right now, let's see. Uh, I got the wrong one there. Uh, I'll get it for you in a second here. Okay. There's there's a whole bunch at this point in time that are going to do the March 1st uh, primary. Right. And I, I think more than anything else, it's going to stretch everybody very thin as to where everybody goes. You've got a question of, let's see, March 1st is going to have uh, Arkansas, Massachusetts, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Georgia, Texas, Vermont, Virginia, and most likely North Carolina when they're done with it, too. I think they're working on a bill this week, in fact, in legislature. Right. So there's a whole host of states that include some in the south, some in the northeast. The big two will be uh, Georgia and Texas, but also you throw in there Virginia, North Carolina as well, Tennessee in there. So a big swath, and you know when you get to that point, it's not like New Hampshire no. or Iowa or South Carolina. You just sort of fly from airport to airport and do some news conferences, and ad money will be big. So it'll be an interesting time after you have Iowa on February 1st, New Hampshire on February 9th, South Carolina then is on the 20th of February, and Nevada is just a few days after that. Those are your first four, the opening four, and then 
all heck breaks loose on uh, Tuesday, March the 1st. What is it, about uh, 15 to 16 states? Uh, is no, I think it's now? about uh, 9 or 10. 9 or 10 states on that day. Yeah. Right. And then you have, following that, you got some who have late primaries uh, as late as June, or did they change that? Yeah, they've got a few that are changed, but after March the 1st, then on March 8th, you've got Alabama. I think uh, Michigan is on that day, if I remember correctly. And then March the 15th, that's when you'll have Illinois, Missouri, Florida, and Ohio. And so you'll have uh, two big ones there in Florida and Ohio. Then I think, uh, let's see, Wisconsin is early April. Then we wait until after Easter because late April you have Maryland, Connecticut, Delaware, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island. If we're still going in May, Indiana in early May, Nebraska, West Virginia, Kentucky, Oregon. And if you wait till June... You've got the uh, first Tuesday in June is California, New Jersey, Montana, New Mexico, and South Dakota. Now, remind us, uh, in terms of, do most states do it proportionately in terms of... It's an interesting question because the rules um, in each party are a little different, but usually what happens is the early uh, states are proportional in awarding delegates, and the later you get then you can opt into winner-take-all. I know on the GOP side, starting on that March the 15th with Illinois, Missouri, Florida, Ohio, then you can go to winner-take-all. But before then, it's proportional in terms of delegates. So, yeah, there, there are different rules. And in some states, if you, for example, win a congressional district, you get allocated an extra delegate or two. In other states, there's a big bonus for winning overall. So there's all kinds of different rules which uh, apply to each different state. But about mid-March, is that target date for when you can start going winner-take-all with the delegates in the Republican race. So by the time you get to the convention, uh, they already know who the nominee is. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. It, you know, look, well, I mean, yep. eight years ago, <laughs> I don't think anybody would have predicted we'd still be talking about Obama and Clinton into yep. June, but we were. Yep. That went forever. Even though I think everybody knew which way it was going, it was still, they battled until the end. Uh, but usually these things are done by April or May. Remind us again when the conventions are going to be in 2000. Funny you mention that, because I was just uh, getting down to booking my hotels today. Uh, Cleveland is in July. Let me see. I've got my uh, little note right here. Cleveland is in mid-July. I think it was about July 18th to the 21st. That's the Republican convention. And then the Democrats are the week after the last full week in uh, July of next year in Philadelphia. So everybody will start up in Cleveland and then uh, motor down to Philly. They'll get those conventions out of the way and done before August. In recent years, they've been waiting right until either the last week of August or uh, into uh, Labor Day to have the convention. So we'll be about five to six weeks earlier this year. So they're going to be back-to-back. Yes, back-to-back, which I always think, as a reporter, is bad for the second uh, party that yeah. goes because a lot of the same people go and cover both conventions as reporters and by the time the second one rolls around frankly <laughs> you are spent you've had it you can't think it, it just you're you're ready to go home and so i always think the second party uh has uh, has a little bit of worse coverage and this time around that'll be the democrats now how was it determined that the republicans would go first the the party in power in the white house goes second so oh, they they back clean up they're the home team in a sense so the republicans in this case would go first uh back in 2008 you know when it was george w bush leaving it was the other way around the democrats went first then the republicans so that's how it's done Now, I understand that the Obama administration officially sent to Congress the details of the Iran nuclear deal. Yep, you're right that uh, yesterday uh, they did that, and so that means the the official 60-day period to review the deal starts today. 
So that means by uh, you know September 19th or 20th, they're going to have to have those votes in the House and the Senate on both the uh, uh, the issue of the uh, the disapproval resolution again. So they they'd vote to disapprove the deal. The president says he will veto that. And really, right now, Herman, there's a letter that came out from 150 Democrats in the House who said they will stand with the Obama administration and vote for the deal. So vote not to disapprove it. Well, 150, that's more than they need to uh, to stop a veto override. So it would seem right now, if everything stays where it is, uh, the Obama administration certainly has to be seen as having the edge in getting this deal by the Congress. Well, it's going to be a lot of uh, politicking and advertising on both sides of this thing between now and then. Well, and remember what happened a number of years ago in 2010 with the big Tea Party uprising over the Obama health law during yes. the month of August? Yeah. I think we'll see a lot of that with Republicans trying to stir up opposition to the Iran deal at home in various districts and states during the month of August. So watch for that. Uh, the House has to work this week and next week, and then they're off until after Labor Day. The Senate will be gone by early August. You know, the unfortunate thing is that the attention span of a lot of the voters yeah. over treaties and deals that deal with international affairs, they mm. don't get worked up as much as they do if it's a domestic issue, unfortunately, but I hope that, you know, people do voice their No, listen, and, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but uh, the American people and many lawmakers just are not as focused on foreign affairs. That's just the flat-out truth. We're only interested when the crisis begins yep. and, and not before. Well, like I said on the radio, on the program the other day, when you when people go to their doctors when they realize how Obamacare impacts them, we won't know the impact of this deal if it ultimately goes through until something bad happens. And by that time, people will have forgotten, unfortunately. So we'll see how the cards play out. Well, Mr. Radioactive Trump has uh, <laughs> done it again. Yeah, um, look, it was, uh, what did I call it this morning on the radio? It was the um, all Donald Trump all the time weekend for the Republican Party. And, you know, we've talked about this. I mean, I, I would say first, don't overreact and say that Trump is dead or anything just because of this. But I do think it is a reminder of what you and I have spoken about for a while. And that is, it's one thing to be sort of outrageous and over-the-top guy when you're an entertainer, when you're a businessman. But when you do that, when you're running for the White House, there are different rules that deal with it. And I think up until now, a lot of the Republicans had sort of said, uh, let Trump be Trump. But when he went after McCain, who, frankly, is not universally loved within the party, but the fact that he went after him on his war record and raised the issue of, well, he was, he was held prisoner, so he's not as formidable of a war hero as somebody who's not held prisoner, the reaction from Scott Walker, Jeb Bush, Marco Rubio on down in the Republican field was almost unanimous against Trump. And I think that that is a risk that you take. If you're going to be over the top and really go after somebody, then you got to watch it. And, you know, I do think that what it showed was that McCain... McCain obviously had jabbed at Trump, and it really, it, he told you on, on Friday yeah. how, how much it aggravated him. And I think that, you know, if you're not used to that, you tend to reply in the heat of battle. And that's what happened here. And then even on Sunday morning, the sun was, uh, hadn't even come up, and Trump was already on Twitter uh, going after McCain again. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, but you got to realize that it's going to draw some reaction. I think the Republicans realize now that they can probably jab, jab, jab at Trump 
and that Trump might be likely to make an unforced error. And so I would look for more people to take jabs at him to see if they can get under his skin and see what happens. And that's why this debate's going to be so interesting. In it August. is going to be interesting. And, you know, and a lot of the early stories that came out about his comments, they didn't mention the fact that McCain took a jab at Trump by talking about his uh, people attending a rally were crazies. And that's, that's true. That, but got on the, that got under his that skin. Got, that got under his skin. And there's nothing wrong with going after him. I mean, I from either way, yeah. you know, whether it's Trump versus McCain or McCain versus, there's nothing wrong with it. But I think what what the difference was was going after McCain on his on being his prisoner record. of war. Yeah. And and look, I, I know McCain's not universally loved. There's a lot of people listening to this program right now who can't stand McCain. I get that, but I think the reaction was very interesting from the top on down. I mean, even you had Marco Rubio yesterday saying he thought that all this disqualified Trump as a commander in chief. Very interesting reaction from the GOP. Well, it doesn't work that way. You still got to let the voters weigh in on it. And I know that uh, just from some of the comments that I've gotten from a lot of people, yeah, they don't like what he said and this sort of thing. But, uh, you know, he's still a candidate, and we're going to have to see how it plays out. But like you said, it's going to make that first debate awfully, awfully interesting. I thought Bobby Jindal's comment was interesting. He said after Trump spent six years as a POW, then he can comment on McCain's war service. And I, I think you'll see, I bet you we're going to see more Republicans take after him now simply because they they think that he's overshadowing almost everything going on, which is really, really true at this point. It is true. I picked up the newspaper this morning, leaving the hotel. Who's the top story yep. on USA Today? You are correct. <laughs> well, very good, Jamie. Thanks a lot. See you, Herman. Once again, folks, we are broadcasting from the Aflac Cancer Center Children's Health Care of Atlanta. Make your contribution at 888-750-2772. You're listening to The Herman Cain Show. Herman wants you to donate to an outstanding cause and help us get closer to a cure for pediatric cancer. Donate now to the Affleck Center by calling 1-888-750-2772. All donations are tax deductible. 1-888-750-2772. This special Herman Cain Show continues. We'll be right back. We're going to open up the phones for rapid fire. Ask about the hospital. We'll answer your questions. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.